Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. Doug Bassler here. <laughs> I'm Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. I love the howdy. Some of our listeners may be old enough to know about the Howdy Doody show, but still, howdy to you, brother. Howdy. How, well, I don't even remember Howdy Doody, brother. That's before <laughs> my time, <clears throat> and I'm no spring chicken, let me tell you. But, uh, wow, it's too bad that, you know, during August, there's just nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about, but hey, <laughs> you know what, first, before we go anywhere, I know you probably have a, a lot of really important things to talk about, but do you have your tickets? You know, do you have your, like your WWE tickets with your popcorn? I mean, this battle between DeSantis and uh, Biden is kind of funny, you know, the, the, it's, it's this comeback that it's not nearly as fun as Trump and Hillary and the other ones or Trump, but even Cruz, but we know when Biden's out there, you know, talking about this and that, and then. Uh, and then going after the conservative governors like DeSantis for not making a mask, mask mandate, for not making kids go to school wearing a mask. And he's basically saying it's their problem. The rise in COVID cases are because of conservative governors and states needing to get out of the way. And then DeSantis comes back and says, who are you? Take care of the southern border. Don't talk to me about uh, COVID until you fix your own problems. I'm going to stand in your way. Right. I love that. And so then, of course, Biden today uh, um, said, Governor who? What? So it's going on, brother. It's getting bigger. What do you think? It's going to happen. Yeah, it, it's, um, you know, when you're, when you're talking about governors and you're, you're beating up on DeSantis and you've got this other guy, uh, Andrew Cuomo, it, it just mm. doesn't, you know, I'm trying to like get my, get my brain around that. So um, obviously the left is in, um, they're in meltdown mode. They're in freak out mode. Uh, Americans everywhere are waking up to the fact that, you know, the uh, three weeks to flatten the curve lockdown now going into, you know, two and a half years, five years, 10 years, whatever. You know, like I said, they, they call it the new normal. And right. so this is the new normal in, in that you shame, you cancel and you uh, you try every lever to try to get people to, you know, wear their muzzles and uh, get their little their little double vax, triple vax, let's wear three masks, let's get three shots, you know, let's stop this deadly pandemic that, uh, by the way, it's not very deadly, and uh, less than 1% uh, mortality. Right, right. The Delta variant, you know, highly contagious, uh, much, much less lethal. And I think that's, the, uh, isn't that the kind of the way that it goes with viruses in order for that's a virus? That's the way it goes. Yeah, they virus have their... survive, it can't kill the host, right? Otherwise, it's not going to survive. <laughs> So they'll be, they'll mutate, they'll do whatever, but typically the severity or the death rate goes way down, which is what we're seeing in this thing. We're never going to reach a hundred percent immunized or, uh, you know, we never did with the flu. We haven't done that with any other type the, of vaccine. The Lambda variant is on the, on, yeah, yeah, right, down, right, 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 right. So, but you have to, first, before we go anywhere else too, did you see, now, Charlie Kirk, we both like him. He's a young guy, Turning Point USA, does a lot of stuff with Candace Owens. Um, he played a clip from 2020, March 2020, when this all started from a bodybuilder in Canada. We, you know, we have this the Canadian pastor coming down into the Washington State. Uh, Art Pulaski, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to 
checking him out. This the uh, what's that? Street Church Canada, and you have Street Church USA. Yep. Anyway, he's, he's streetchurch.ca. We are streetchurchusa.com. Yep. Wonderful. And anyway, he has this this bodybuilder dude and goes, dude. And he was basically talking to him and he laid out how this is going to happen. He goes, it is not two weeks to flatten the curve. It is not. What they'll do, first of all, is make sure that you all get vaccinated so you can take your mask off. And then when they ever takes it gets vaccinated, so no, no, it still needs your mask. He said, what will happen is you get released and be free around June, July. And then around September, they'll shut you down again. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, a year, over a year and a half ago, guys are like, this is stupidity. This is what they're going to do. They're going to use this every single freaking year uh, to control you. And, and what we're seeing, brother. And that's the, um, you know, that's the plan. So all, you know, what was that that show that um, Sylvester Stallone was in where they brought him back from the past, they thought him out or something. And um, he was like, oh, I love yeah. Taco I love Taco Bell. Well, all restaurants are Taco Bell. You know, right. And, right. and that's, that's how this thing is supposed to work. We can't have any small independent retailers. We have to, every, all retailers have to be Amazon or Walmart mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Costco. We can't have, um, we can't have small independent uh, anything, no private schools, no nothing. We have to have the government has to be in charge and the big business has to be in charge of everything. And that, uh, and then it's easier to have that totalitarian control. It's easier to cancel you. I think I told the story um, uh, a little while ago that my wife and I went into the, our local big five and um, people came in and uh, grabbed what they wanted and as if shopping and they were shopping, made sure the sizes were right. And then just walked out and nothing was done, could be done because it wasn't violent. And, um, and so that's, you know, we need to close all those little stores. And we need to make it so you can't go shut. You have to buy everything from Jeff Bezos. You know, it's like, it's an insane. So, yes. So I have a question for you. This, it just dawned on me when you're talking about that. You're right. Absolutely correct. That's why you have big tech, big government, and big corporations working together to force their employees to get vaccinated, to shut things down because they can weather the storm. When you have a small mom and pop, a independent, a family business, whatever it may be, when the law enforcement is not allowed to do their job, when literally shoplifting is encouraged and not prosecuted, it hurts the small shops more. I just love it. It just hit me because that is a financial incentive. The big like Walmarts and the Targets and that kind of stuff, they can weather losing 200 bucks, 1000 bucks, whatever it may be. The small pop, mom and pop store, two or three different um, shoplifting of a couple hundred dollars makes a huge difference in who gets paid, how many people they can hire. That's a really good point, Doug. Well, and then a lot of it, uh, a lot of times they'll take the the stuff that they shoplifted and they will sell it on Amazon. There's huge stores set up on Amazon, proven fact, uh, that are completely stocked with stolen goods uh, that have been plundered. And of course, they're the oppressed people, and so we can't stop them because of their race or whatever. They have uh, privileged status, and um, so this is it's- an interesting an interesting time to be alive. And yes, for, for our listeners' sake on that point, remember just a few months ago, like six months to a year ago, they were talking in Seattle that you had to ask the question, if someone broke into a car and stole their stuff, did they need it to supply their drug need or their food need? Was it necessary for them to survive? And if it was, then it's okay. This, I, this rationale that we're not being compassionate about people so we can allow them to break the rules because they're hungry. 
because or whatever. And we go, that's going to lead to a bad place. And where has it led? It's led to a place now where crime is not prosecuted. Where well, we can't just go to the can't just go to the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shall not steal. Right. Right. It just, uh, but we saw this coming. And, you know, and it's, it's, they use these compassionate sort of arguments saying, oh, we need to be, you're cruel if you think law enforcement should be able to arrest these people and put them in jail. No, this is what happens. But that is a leading thing. We buy into it as conservatives, Christians, whatever. Yeah, we don't want to be mean. We don't want to be called anti-whatever or well, whatever label of the day it may be. And then they pass policies or implement things without passing laws. We're not going to enforce that because we don't believe in it. Then when you have a rise in crime, you have police departments that are vacating and leaving the career, you have dangerous streets, dangerous communities. And then you go, oh, look, well, what are we going to do about this? And blame it on somebody else. I just, right. Ugh. Yeah. And now we have this new state law that uh, for, for prohibits um, law enforcement from doing um, pursuit. Mm-hmm. You can say, hey, will you please stop or whatever. Um, a lot of, um, a lot of real problems in, um, uh, at the state level. And so, you know, this is treason. Uh, we, we hire our government uh, workers. We, we hire our, our, our representatives to represent us in order to protect our, uh, our rights, our personal property rights. That's my stuff. If you take my stuff, you're a thief. And the government uh, is put in place to protect my rights. Now, I just wanted to just back up real quick yep. to what you talked yep. about weathering the storm. Um, Amazon didn't weather the storm. They had a huge spike increase in sales because people were staying home, ordering stuff online, having it delivered. And so while these other stores were being shut down, all the, the, the funds and the, the revenue that normally would have went to them went to Amazon Walmart, Costco, mm-hmm. because right. they were still functioning. And so um, this is wrong. Uh, it's illegal. And um, I'll tell you, uh, it's time to stand up and start punching back. And mm-hmm. um, any rate, did you see the news that Apple, uh, the Apple computer company is now going to start scanning your photos in your iPhone? <laughs> yes. Yes. So now, this is what they, they, they before say. Before you tell the story, okay, before you tell the story, this is important. This is news. Our listeners need to know about this. Uh, but it, once again, they premise this on their altruistic um, uh, point of trying to find out and protect children. So go ahead and tell the story now. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm wondering if Chris Reichdahl has an iPhone because, you know, if we're so worried about child pornography, why are we teaching it in the school? Why, you know, this thing that came out a few weeks ago out of the Tacoma Washington school district, where they were saying, you know, age of consent, if you're 11, you can have sex with 12 year olds, whatever this, this ridiculous, um, uh, they're going to scan your phone looking for that as if we're going to all say, yeah, uh, let's do that. So for, uh, personally, I don't use an iPhone. I do have an iPad. Um, I have a, an Android phone. I imagine they're going to do the same thing anyway, because Android's never really been secure. But maybe it's time to to boycott Apple. I think that would be, I think, smacking them because they've always pr- prided themselves as we're the security company and, mm-hmm. you know, Google's looking over your shoulder and we don't do that and all this thing. Uh, so let's let's hit them where it hurts. And secondly, let's bring back the digital camera. Let's get, you know, why do we have to use our phone for everything? You know, if they're going to look at our pictures, let's just take pictures. I don't want them looking at pictures of, you know, 
my family vacation. They don't have any, they don't have any right to see it. They don't, they don't have a warrant. They don't have any business to see it. And then we sign away. He says, well, you're using our phone. So you agree to our privacy and we can just look at your stuff. Then, then don't use the phone to take pictures. Let's get, let's get back. You remember, we always used right. to have those little right. cameras, right? Then we took yep. those pictures. I yep. mean, this could be a huge boon for digital cameras. Come on, Kodak, give you us a di- Polaroid, yeah. give us a camera, right. baby. Right. The Polaroids are making a comeback, by the way. They really are. The mini Polaroids of the instant camera is not stored in digital form and so forth. It actually prints that, the that picture is, and all that. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. it, it is scary now. You're right that we sign away so much of our rights. We as free citizens, we, we that love the Constitution, understanding our biblical foundings, have seen the basically the taking away of our property rights, our gun rights, our First Amendment rights, not just during COVID, but it's on steroids during COVID. But you're right. For years now, through technology, through our social media, through our phones, and now this is just the latest in it, where we know that everywhere we go, we're tracked. The metadata is tracked. Ever since the Patriot Act, our phone calls are collected. The, are, our email transmissions are collected. They say they're not specific, but they're like big groups of data. That is kind of baloney. We really do have the big brother state right now, where everything we do is public. You know, and at some point in time, it can be used against you, no matter how innocent it may be. Now, for you, you're talking about pictures on your phone, and I would agree. But, you know, as I'm trying to get in shape, this, it happens and takes a long time when you've been out of shape for so, as long as I have. Um, you take pictures. Hey, of come on, well, rounds of shape, brother. I don't want those pictures out there on the internet. I want the before and after, but I don't want the in-betweens, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in shape, brother. Rounds of shape. <laughs> Rounds of shape, right? <laughs> you know, it's none of their business. Right. I don't have any right to see it. I don't have any right to see who my kids are. See, that's, you know, that is, you know, mafia tactics. We know who your wife is. We know who your children is. We know who your friends are. If you don't mm-hmm. comply, we're going to go after them. This stuff is, this is, um, this is wrong on every level. There's a, we have the right According to the Fifth Amendment, the Constitution of the United States would be secure in our in our our belongings, in our in our uh, papers, and all these things, right? And that's this is part of that. You get you want to look at my pictures, you can get a warrant, and you give right. me probable cause, and you do, you don't just do that. And then they're like, oh, we're gonna like see this, and then we're gonna turn you in. You know, we're gonna spy on you, look, and you're gonna and let it- us, and we're gonna turn you into the cops. And who in and and we've got child porn. In the schools, we've got yep. in the schools, yep. they're teaching to p- teaching our kids to hate America, yep. to hate each yep. other, to be racists. Yep. And so, yeah, it's time. Right. It's time to fight back. Stand up. You know, I just love the fact I know we've had, uh, you know, our primary election here this this last week. And it's amazing how many of these conservative, these parents have stepped up to run for school board and they're winning, brother. They're mm-hmm. winning. They're, they're winning, and you're absolutely correct. This is one thing, before I go too far, though, we have an, an epidemic, a pandemic, whatever you want to call it. It is bigger than all the problems combined when you think about the rush across the southern border, the, the sex trafficking that was already bad, especially here on the I-5 corridor, is now like 10 times worse. And so child pornography, sex trafficking, all that stuff is vile. We are absolutely 100% against that. What we're, what, we're, what we're saying here, though, this is not the avenue. 
we don't give up more freedoms to have big government and big tech pick and choose who they're going to go after. And like you said, this is this they can use it blackmail, whatever it may be. We want to catch um, perverts and sex traffickers and uh, child pornographers as much as everybody else does. Let our law enforcement do their job, secure the freaking border so that it's not being easily crossed across the border through drugs and mules and that kind of stuff. And then allow them to actually pursue and prosecute, actually prosecute the crime to the nth degree so they will never do it again. So it sends a message, a strong message. This is not the way to do it. We don't partner with big tech and big brother um, to scare the average citizen, which is what they're doing with guns and everything else. So anyway. And the double standard and the hypocrisy is ridiculous. It's over the top. Um, you know, we take it from, uh, uh, you know, touchy feely, uh, sexual harassment, uh, hostile work environment, Governor Andrew Cuomo to Governor Blackface Ralph Northam of Virginia. These guys are still in office. These guys are still in office, Marty. This is so, like, yes. how do you, so, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to go after you and we're going to, you know, and your car gets burglarized. We're going to check on you. Yes. Maybe that, maybe that other person, you know, this, this couple that defended their home with their guns, they, they come and take their guns. They put them on trial. Yeah. You know, this Lost is an absolute for me, not for me. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, I'm telling you, brother, it's coming no, to no, a head. This is all in a segment. We should spend some time here. Laws for you, not for me. We've seen this on the Democrat side, on the left right now, for years. And I understand double standards. They wouldn't have any if they didn't have double standards. We get this. But just recently, um, you know, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo of New York, has been accused for, for many, many, many months of multiple times of sexual harassment, of in, inappropriately touching people. This is the guy that sent people back with COVID to nursing homes and actually should have murder on his hands. They're ignoring that story. And there's coming up with this sexual harassment story. And the attorney general for New York came out and said, yeah, there's credible stories. He should be charged. She didn't do it himself. So others are working on it. His brother is a CNN uh, anchor and won't cover it and basically has been coaching him on how to get out of it. But the first time when I heard that, first of all, I'm like, what about Biden? What about President Biden? He's just as bad. He's creepy Joe for a reason. Sure enough. And then Biden comes out and said, well, now they come out with these actual facts, then he should resign. I go, what about yourself? And then just on Friday, brother, um, Biden was signing something with a little girl. And it, once again, the video is creepy. He got too close, sniffed her hair or whatever again, and she got away from him. And the, the response on the internet is like, what is this guy doing? This guy is a creep. And so if you're going to be looking for um, sexual predators, look on the left, R.B. Weinstein, you know, um, you have... Uh, Cuomo, you have Biden. These should be held accountable. They're the same standards they would hold anybody else to. To your point, it's, and then uh, it's frustrating. And, and you know what? Will anything happen to the governor? Will he step down? Will he be impeached? Or will Biden be impeached for the fact that he's made our country less safe, actually more dangerous? Invited um, literally millions of people to cross the border over this. this it's treason, year. brother. It's outrageous. Yeah. It's treason. It's treason against America. They're taking people. They're not testing them for COVID or if they are, they're, they're yep. not, they don't care. They're not masking them. They're putting them on commercial airlines and they're flying them into the interior to try to turn red states blue. blue. This is treason. I mentioned this is a, this this is a violation of, add this of to our your, law. Add this to you. You know, in McCallum, Texas, they said that the 7,000 COVID positive cases have been brought in and delivered to your point into the interior. 
They don't care about COVID. They're spreading COVID by importing it as well to increase their numbers, to increase their power. It's like the homeless thing. You can't solve it because if you solve it, there goes all the money. There Mm -hmm. goes all the power. You can't solve uh, COVID because there goes all the emergency mandates and the power and everything, the the totalitarianism. This thing is coming to a head, though. This thing is not – this is not going to – People are not going to put up with this. You know, we, they think that, you know, we, we, we kind of went along, you know, but there's that old saying, it says, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on Mm -hmm. me. And people are saying, no, you're not going to fool me twice. And, um, I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. I think that it's, uh, it's time. And, um, so I had an interesting, I had an interesting thing happen to me this last week. I lost, I lost my ballots. My, we, we went on vacation. We had that little short vacation and um, we got, but we couldn't find our ballots. So I said, well, I will go to King County elections and I will get us ballots. So I walked in, obviously not masked. They have signs everywhere. You must have a mask in here. And the lady came up and said, Hey, you have to have a mask. I said, no, I don't. I have a doctor's uh, healthcare professional has uh told me not to wear a mask. And according to your rules, I don't have to wear a mask. And she's trying to hand right. me a mask. And I, and she kind of, uh, 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 well, the over here is where they can help you, you know, get a new ballot. So I walk over there, I start talking and I'm doing my thing. And I rode my motorcycle brother. So I had my helmet and right. it has a shield. Right. Right. And, um, but I had it, had it next to me. And then um, they came up and say, you, you have to wear a mask. I said, no, I don't. You need to check your rules. I don't have to wear a mask. And I'm, working on getting uh, my ballot from my, my wife and I, they didn't ask me for ID, but they did ask me for ID when I asked for my wife's ballot to prove that I, you know, same address, same last name. Um, But uh, eventually brother, they made me go out and stand on the sidewalk. Well, you you need to go outside. And they, they surrounded me with their little mask. I'm thinking you guys are so scared. Why are you surrounding me? And I even said, Hey, I'll put my helmet on. It has a shield. Right. Put my helmet on if you want. And they're no, 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 you have to wear this mask. And I'm like, I'm not wearing that mask. My doctor told right. me not to wear those. And it was fun, brother, pushing back. Well, there's this lady, <laughs> you know how I am. Yeah, I do. Um, there's this lady next to me and she goes, I can't wear these things either. And she pulled her mask down because they had given her a mask too. Right. And right. then, um, so they kicked her out too. So we're standing on the sidewalk and she looks at me, brother, and she goes, are you a Christian? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, um, there's a, I guess there's something, there's a spirit about us when we're Christians and we fight like that. You know, Paul said, I'm a Roman citizen and you, you beat us or whatever. And so, you know, this pushback, uh, and then she's, she's actually, since then she's contacted me. She wants to come to, she's an older lady. And uh, God bless you, Barbara, if you're out there somewhere. But um, I'm telling you, courage is contagious. Yes, it and, is. And um, uh, but I'm I'm thinking, you know, we have a government completely out of control. They've they've opened our borders. They're importing. It's like an it's like an invasion. Millions of people coming over the border. They're encouraging racism, institutionalized racism in in um, violation of federal law. Uh, this is right. uh, systemic racism is what they're actually doing. They're, they're committing treason with that. They're teaching our kids hate. They're, they're uh, turning our kids into little perverts and right. they're, they're using everything they can. And then they're calling us evil. And so case in point, union gospel mission here okay. in Seattle uh, wanted to hire a new staff attorney, uh, an attorney applied who, had the stated goal of changing their, changing them, 
did not believe in Jesus, did not go to church, all these things. And so they, they went in another direction. They hired somebody who was a Christian who could go out and represent them as a born again believer who attended church, who, who was in line with the union gospel mission who feeds homeless people, by the way. Right. 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 (laughs) And they, uh, they, this guy sued him. It went to the Washington state Supreme court. The Washington state Supreme court said, that's right. You can't, you have to hire that guy, even if he's not. And so now it's going to the United States Supreme court, uh, Washington Supreme court out of control, you know? Yes. Nine zero. Yeah. So I want to tell you this too. We always say, um, okay, fine. Supreme court at the U S level. Now that's more conservative bent. We'll, we'll depend on them and get there. A lot of our conservative cases like Baronel Stutzman and so forth, where we've been disappointed recently. So we have this um, eviction moratorium that the Supreme Court ruled that was unconstitutional on the national level. So whatever. Biden went ahead on Friday and re-implemented this, the, the eviction moratorium in spite of the fact that it's unconstitutional. He's like, whatever, big deal, Supreme Court. What are we dealing with here? We are a, 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 in a time where the federal government and the state governments run by Democrats are drunk on power, and they don't care about the rule of law. They only want to apply the law when it affects them or, uh, or basically gives them the right to um, punish us. Otherwise, they don't care. They'll, they'll break the law all they want. Once again, laws for thee, not for me. It's, right? it's, it's just um, it's appalling. And um, there's a there's an army rising up of believers who are not going to who are going to be joyful, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to mm-hmm. be happy, and they're going to fight. I I was um, reading the Bible the other day, and um, I read the part uh, where um, they were heading across the water, and they forgot to bring any bread with them. And the Pharisees had just asked Jesus for a sign, and he's like, yeah, whatever. And um, he says to them, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Herod. Now, Herod hadn't come up in that discussion, but what was he saying? He's like, beware of the teaching of hyper-religion and politics. And, you know, Herod itself, Herod, the name Herod actually means heroic. So, like, the heroes of the time. Right. Right. And on the political, it was the political power. And then you have, you know, the churchy people that just want to like Romans 13 and they forget about, you know, Acts 2 and Acts 4 and um, Paul going to jail and everything else. They forget about all that stuff. And they just, you know, we should submit to the governing authorities. The ones that are good is what it says. The ones that are doing good, we submit The ones to are them. in God's will. Like doing yeah. God's will, right? Because later and, on it says, should I do good? This or God's will. I'm going to follow God. So good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, and Jesus was a threat because what could Jesus do? Let me, let me just lay out three things that Jesus you could go. do that would be a real threat. Number one, he could feed four or 5,000 people with a couple of loaves bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number two, if they get wounded, he could heal them. And number three, if they die, he could raise them from the dead. <laughs> That's a threat. There we go. Because your army, your army's fed, healed, and alive. (laughs) Exactly right. No matter what, right? You're unstoppable. They had to to go for him. Now you got a problem. They killed him, put him in in a grave. He came back to life. And now all his disciples are feeding, healing, and raising the dead. This is a, this is an amazing army. I was, uh, I was out doing, doing street church 
uh, a couple of days ago at Ruston Point. And I said, why are we so afraid? You know, I see people all the time, hot, sunny day, they're walking outside with a mask on. I see people driving in a car by themselves with a mask on. So they're, they're, they're deceived or whatever, or they're like, if they think COVID's going to be in a hot, sunny day. I don't think so. I think, I think a uh, virus is dying like 90 seconds in the sun. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we, we have this, um, this overwhelming, you know, oppressive thing, but we can be happy. And what I said was, even if we die for Christians, it's a promotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why are we living our lives in fear? God's not given us a spirit of fear. But a power and love and a sound mind. sound mind. That's right. And and the science says what you're the you're the health former healthcare professional. You're married to a healthcare professional. What is the science on COVID, brother? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is right? it? It's it's like it's not deadly. Is it deadly well, yeah. for any of our school children at all? I was asked the other day. I went to the doctor quickly, and they were trying to push the vaccine on me. And I'm like, look, he goes, why aren't you going to take it? I said, look, I'm a healthy younger man. I'm not old. I don't have any health issues. I said, for me, it's a cost benefit issue. I said, when I have a 99.9% survival rate of COVID and if I take that vaccine, I have a 99.9% chance of survival. What's the benefit? And then on the flip side of that, though, by taking it, I'm going to get COVID because of what, it's what you're doing, introducing COVID into me, a small portion of it to build antibodies. I go, I don't want that. I don't need it. And she's like, well, you need to have, I've known people that died. I go, well, I've known people that died that, that took it too. It's a personal choice to back off. <laughs> You know, but they are, but they're using this instrument, you know, through the federal government is in, not incentivizing, going to penalize private business to mandate it. So they're, they're saying, we're not doing it. We're just saying that the employers must do this or should do this so they don't get like fined or, or whatever. That's, that's basically the governor, government basically deputizing private business to punish us and to make us get vaccines. And, and I did a whole other program on, on this. Uh, the fact is, is why? We, as critical thinkers, as Christians, really have to look at the big picture. This is all connected. The open border, the, the rules for the, not for the, the, the increasing crime, the locking down of, of picking and choosing winners and losers, businesses that, that can't survive. All these things are intentional. It's about political power and control. These big pharma companies that created the vaccines, they may be fine and well, but they're making a boatload of money. What about all the other things like President Trump has talked about and others that already exist that actually treat this that they will not allow you to talk about? They'll uh, silence you or say you're crazy or some crackpot. These have been around for 15, 20 years, brother, or sometimes longer, 40 years in the case of ivermectin. There are natural remedies as well. We've done colds before. We've done colds for hundreds of years. They change every single year. It's personal choice about being protective for you and your family, making the right choices. But when you have government working in side by side with big corporations and big tech to do this, you go, okay, this is not about health and safety. This is not about others and making you feel guilty. And then your point, I'm going to wrap up here. Um, faith is the opposite and is the answer to fear. Right now, all we have is fear. Faith steps out of that and says, no, I believe in a higher power. I believe in Jesus Christ. We have authority over sickness. The same thing here, though. We, we have worry, right? Prayer is the answer to worry. We not, we're told many times not to fear and not to worry. We're supposed to have faith and pray. As for as Christians, we need to engage, but we need to have faith and pray. And to your point, I love the fact that courage is contagious. So the more we're courageous in small ways and big, 
others can be too. And, and, and we're going to do it and we're going to continue to, to sound the alarm and, and to do this, you know, there's, um, this lawsuit now that uh, Donald Trump's initiated against mm -hmm. the big tech and, and it's coming out. Evidence is coming out all over the place. Uh, not only brother that they're shadow banning and doing, I mean, just openly banning him, but um, that the, this shadow banning um, I was watching, I don't know if you ever watched flashpoint on the victory channel, but this last week they had an entire program on uh, this lawsuit, uh, forget the guy that invented email. So he knows what he's doing. Um, as he's an American, um, you know, East Indian guy. Right. Okay. And, okay. um, he ran for state Senate. I believe it was in Massachusetts and, um, found out that his tweets were being deleted. And so had, a, had a big lawsuit. It turned out as they've, as they've done discovery and done this stuff, that this stuff was being deleted in um, conjunction with government officials at the election at the secretary of state's office. Oh, so wow. this is, this is a, this is a bombshell. This is huge. It's, it's overwhelming. The, the Lord is allowing us to find out this stuff to see if we'll do anything. Right. Are we going to do, you know, my wife and I were driving the other day and she said, mm -hmm. you know, I know God's in control of all this stuff. And I go, he is honey, but he does his will on earth through, through us, us. Yep. through people. Yep. And we've got to be obedient. You know, the gospel didn't go around the world because the disciples sat in Jerusalem on their butts and didn't do anything. Or went to a Sunday service or a Saturday service. Yeah. <laughs> they got up and went. And, uh, and when they were having a trouble getting up and going, he, uh, the Lord allowed persecution through Paul right. and others to get them out. To, 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 it says those that were scattered by the persecution went everywhere preaching the gospel. Amen. And, uh, and, and so, so we need, now we need power. We need Holy Spirit power. And how do you get that? You ask for it. Jesus said, um, you know, if your father, if you, if your son asks you for a, you know, a, a fish, do you give him a rock, you know, or a snake or whatever? And kind of loosely quoting the verse, but he said, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so, you know, it doesn't have to be like some weird unga bunga thing. You just say, Lord, <laughs> I need to be, you know, I just need the Holy Spirit. Like, let me right. be, have the Holy Spirit. Let me be filled with the spirit. And the Bible says, keep being filled, you know, be filled with the Holy spirit, not get drunk with wine. You know, we've got a lot of that going on where people are mm -hmm. like, you know, like I'll just drink my troubles away. Guess what? Your troubles don't go away. You might forget it for a little while. And, but you, when you wake up, they're still there. And so why don't we just do it the Bible way and let's like not be drunk with wine and let's like be filled with the spirit and do the will of God. And so it, it starts with, um, uh, I think right now, brother, I think it's time for a holy no. It's like, no, you're not teaching that to my kids. Yep. Yep. No, nope. You're yep. not, you're not doing that. No, I'm not taking that, that vaccine. No, I'm not wearing your mask. Before, no, I'm yes. not closing my business. Amen. Before we started this program and before every program, you and I always pray, this is for our listeners as well. Um, we always pray that we would open our mouth as scripture says, and God would fill it with the proper words. And this is what we're talking about. When, when God's called us, we know in our spirit that we step out in faith. He's prepared and provided for our needs. So when you go to school board, you don't know what to say. 
Go there, ask God to lead you. As you open your mouth, he will fill it with the right words. If he asks you to write an email or to run for office, he will guide you. I mentioned earlier on my other show that the idea that, you know, these Christians, when we put God first, when we when we honor him in all things, he provides. But to Doug's point, all of them had to do the work to get there. Trusting God would use that work for his glory. And we have to actually step out in faith. They had to go out and preach the good news. And in many ways, he was like, all right, I'm going to help you get there. And some of those forms come in the form of persecution. And we're going to see that. And it's, the, it's what is our response to it? Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Okay, yes, Lord, this sucks, but I know you're with me. You've given me the power and the Holy Spirit and the sound mind and all those things to overcome and to win this day in Jesus' name, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and it, it's it's not weird to be scared. It's not weird. It You know, you sh- you know in some situations, our fear is a good thing. It keeps us oh, out yeah. of the, the wrong situations and things like that. So it's not about, it's not about, um, you're going to be fearless and things like that. And then there's times when you do, you get that holy boldness or whatever, and you have that courage to do things. But I don't think there's ever a time, Marty, when I go do street church or whatever, that I don't have that, that like, eh, you know, like, wow, this is going to get weird. I don't know what can happen. And you know, the guy pulled a knife out on me a few weeks ago, or whatever. I was just like, you know, that, that, that's kind of a little bit weird, but the Lord had given me an assurance um, before then that he was with me and he was going to protect me. It was, it was odd. And, right. and that assurance came back to me. The guy walked by me, goes and carves something in a wooden fence behind me, then comes over and says, dude, I really love your music. Right. So right. I didn't have any reason <laughs> to be afraid, but it was just like the devil, like, Hey, right. Um, right. and Paul, the apostle Paul, right. The, the champion of fearless preaching, right. In first Corinthians, he says, I came to you in fear and trembling. Exactly right. Paul said that. So if Paul could be afraid and tremble and yet still go and open his mouth, can you not go to a school board meeting? Can you not go to a city council meeting? Can you not go to a county council meeting? Can you not go to the, the state? Of course, you know, when they put up a fence and right. kick you it's out. Harder. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go to the fence and they kicked us off and yep. then we push back. And exactly they, right. they, they had to pull that thing down. Mike, for our listeners out there, on this theme, I just want to, know, to tell you, too, is Doug's a great speaker. He's a natural out there when he speaks to the crowds. He tells jokes. He just makes people feel comfortable. I've gotten, I've gotten compliments over the years as well as being a good speaker. I don't care how many times it takes. It doesn't matter if it's a crowd of two or 2,000. We still get nervous. We still get that sense of fear before we start is always there. Be like, all right, Lord, this is your will. Have your way. And it's amazing once you get going, once you've stepped out and opened your mouth, how fun it is. But there's always going to be that uh, attack of fear, no matter what you're doing, no matter how many times you've done it. And so when you're stepping out in public sphere, don't you think, Doug? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't start out like that. Mm-hmm. And neither did you. You, you, nope. you, you, you go because you're obedient. You know, I, um, as, a, as a pro musician, you know, that first time I got on stage, uh, that was scary. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, what, what's going to happen? And, um, and a lot of stuff that could have went wrong did go wrong. And you right. just start, you start <laughs> to realize that, you know, they don't know the songs like you do. They haven't been in the thousand hours of rehearsal that you've been in and they don't even know you did it wrong, you know? Right. And I was like, oh, 
wow, they didn't catch that. No, they're just enjoying the fact that you're there entertaining them or having whatever. Exactly and, right. Yep. And so, you know, things happen and, you know, we've got to get over embarrassment. Embarrassment means that we're not dead yet. You know, Jesus, uh-huh. Paul said, I die daily, right? A dead person doesn't get embarrassed. A dead person doesn't get offended. You know, like you go tell, go, go to a funeral and tell the, tell the, the, the corpse in the casket, you're ugly. What's going to happen? Nothing. Yeah, Cause he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, go stand in the graveyard and cuss somebody out. What's going to happen? You know, nothing because they're dead. And so we need to live that way. We need to live dead to ourselves and alive to Christ and, and just obey God. And this thing about, you know, I think the funniest thing, and I've been doing this now for a, f- a few decades and obeying God. And it's like, it always seems scary at first. It always seems like, gosh, I hope I'm hearing from God. Right. Um, I, I think of tw- 2014 specifically because it was uh, such a stunning um, reversal of how I felt. 2014, the Lord specifically, brother, told me to run for Congress. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Lord, I don't have an organization. I don't have any experience. I don't have any money. Um, you got the wrong number. And the Lord specifically said to me, I don't get the wrong number. <laughs> Amen. Right. Like, and oh, then when oh. I started, when I started to run, he brought the finances, he brought the organization, he brought the, all the people. This one, you and I got together and started praying back exactly. in 2014, you were running for Congress as well. And then once I got going, I'm like, I'm wired for this. I love this. This is really fun. I see that, uh, you know, street church too. Very scary at first. Very scary. Like, oh my gosh, there's going to be cops. There was cops. There's going to be persecution. There's been persecution, but you get down there. And um, Anatoly and I were packing up our gear last Sunday uh, from Point Rustin. And um, I said, my, my, I said to him, my wife said, you know, why, why are you doing this? Sunday afternoon, you just did Saturday. And I said, honey, I would do it every day if I could. And Anatoly said, it's completely addicting, isn't it? I'm like, yes. (laughs) And so, you know, you, when you start to do the will of God and you start to realize how good it is. And last Sunday, brother, we had 12 people get saved. 12. That's awesome. That's that's 12 people that are not going to go to hell now because we took the time to, to lug our gear and to get hot and sweaty and to go out there and to get persecuted. I'm on people cussing us out and all kind of stuff, brother. Uh, it's, it's so much fun. You should come. Okay. But, um, yes. it, 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 there's something about it. Um, Saturday morning, I was, uh, just doing it with the homeless. We were doing the homeless feeding thing in Olympia and I got all done and it was a, you know, it was a nice day, a de- decent day, nothing special. I turned around, I took my guitar off. I put in my guitar in my guitar case and I had bent down. So I was kind of leaning down because the case was out on the ground and uh, next to my pickup and the presence of the Lord hit me, brother. So powerful. It just about buckled my knees, tears running down my face as Jesus put his hand on me and said, well done. I'm <sighs> telling you, I'm, I mean, I would give everything for that. And, you know, we, we trade that for, well, I'm tired. I worked. I got to work, brother. I'm tired. Um, I'm like, 
you know what? You come home every day and you sit down and you, you're tired and you do that every day. And there's this one day you could have went and done something special. You could have went to a tent meeting. You could have went to church. You could have went did and volunteered somewhere mm-hmm. and you miss this opportunity and, and your life becomes an, 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 an endless uh, routine of work, tired, sleep, get up, work, tired, sleep, get up. And, and Jesus said, you know, consider the lilies. They don't toil or spin and Solomon in all his glory wasn't right. clothed like one of them. And how much more will he clothe you? And he said, consider the ravens. The ravens don't sow or, or uh, a plow or sow or reap or anything like that, but God feeds them. And you are much more valuable than many ravens, many sparrows, depending on your translation, right? Right. He said, but if you seek first the kingdom of heaven, he's going to add all this stuff to you. He's going to take care of you. And so how could I just like do one thing? You know, you and I have said this many times, brother. Everybody can't do everything, but everybody can do something. Yep. I saw a post the other day on this note. I I love where you're going with this. It it was basically, it all comes down to choices. We have a choice to spend an hour on Netflix or an hour in the word. We have a choice to spend time with our family or to, you know, go play baseball in my case, whatever it may be. These choices, and the the scripture is very clear too. In Joshua, it says, I don't know about you, but for me in my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Then God goes, tells uh, later on in scripture, says, choose life or death, right? In the tongue. It's all choice. It, and it really comes down to, uh, I saw the other day a, a question about why would a good God send people to hell? And the, the answer to it was fantastic. It's no, no, he wouldn't send anybody to hell. Bottom line is we're a sinking ship. We're all condemned under sin, under original sin. We've all fallen short. He's given us the lifeboat, Jesus, to say, hey, I want you to be saved, but you have to choose to grab on. And really it comes down to, and it's so simple, but it's great. We're all going. We're all falling short, but if we want to be saved, we can choose to live our life and uh, exchange that with Jesus Christ. I just love that. And so, but we have choice. We've given us choice. He's given us free will. That's what free will is. It is choice to follow and, and be obedient to his will or not, but it's up to you, right? Yeah. You know, hell is, um, hell itself is mercy. Okay. Hell mm-hmm. is mercy for people that do receive him and do want to live right and do want to, to walk in that holiness um, you know, God did did the most amazing thing that he could possibly have done. He looked down. He saw that we were dying. He saw that we were perishing. And he said, who will go for me and who will save those people? And Jesus, his only son, said, I will go. I will live a perfect life and I will die for them. And they, they won't have to perish. And Amen. the problem is, the, the conundrum is, is that we're not telling people about him. We're not yep. getting out there. We don't esteem the value of a single child giving her heart or his heart to the Lord. We we've um, we don't want to confront. We don't want to um, uh, seem to be mean or something like that. This isn't mean. This is loving. This isn't a walk of shame. This is a walk of glory. And Jesus mm-hmm. himself said, if you're ashamed of me and, and, and my father, uh, in this present, you know, adulterous mm-hmm. evil age, um, then I'm going to be ashamed of you, you know, when I come in my glory with the holy angels. And so do you believe it or not? You know, is right. this stuff all true or isn't it? So I kind of made this decision when I got radically saved as a, as a 19 year old drug addict, um, that, um, it's all true because he's demonstrated 
over and over again. And if it's true, then we need to live like it's true. And we need to do what he says and we need to believe him. And it's like, I got to work. Yeah. Everybody's got to work, but you could still give a couple of hours to the rescue mission. You could still do something. You could still, uh, share, you know, learn how to share your faith. Or just I, I will say this too, to Doug's point, I'll let you finish as well, brother. This is really, really, really good. For all this is personal experience. I'm, you know, middle age, whatever you call it, late. I don't know what you call it. 54 years old. I'm gonna be 55 next year. Um, for my wife and I, our entire walk with Jesus Christ, our Christian walk, I found when we get down in a funk, when things aren't going our way, when things when the world is getting heavy, if we pick ourselves up and go serve somewhere, someone else, take our problems off us and go do what we can. We have a small amount of money, if we have time, whatever it is. When we implement, start serving others as we're directed or guided by the Lord, it's amazing how much better we feel. First of all, just like the light opens up and we, we feel refreshed, we feel energized. It's amazing the ideas that come and how our problems turn around when we're not focused on them. So it's really good, brother. Yeah, and and this self-focus is a problem. It's it, you know We used to call it selfishness. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and selfishness is when it's all about me and what I can get. And the problem with selfishness is, is this all there is, you know? So you see these, these ultra rich people, they'll have to worry about eating and drinking and, and what they're going to wear and all that kind of stuff. Right. And right. then they, 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 they commit suicide at this ridiculously high rate because it didn't do it. You know, the Maserati wasn't good enough. The, the, the hundred million dollar mansion wasn't good enough. It didn't, it didn't scratch the itch. The itch that we have is the itch for significance to make a difference on this planet. And it's not related to how much money you've got. It's not because anybody can serve God at any financial level. I see it every Saturday street. People come up dressed in rags, brother. And they get on that mic and they preach like you can't believe. And you're just like, oh my gosh. And they're close to the Lord. Now, why didn't, why didn't he like pick them up and get them a job and, and, and all this other kind of stuff? I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't know right. all the situation, but I know that no matter what station of life you're in, the Lord wants to meet you. And, you know, our excuses, I think I've said this before. I think it was Henry Ford that said, he or she who's good at making excuses is seldom good at anything else. And so uh, what's yeah. your excuse, you know? And when you start to recognize that's an excuse, that's an excuse. And of course we, we put them in, I'm going to do air quotes here. Nobody can see me as radio reasons. I've got a reason, <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of scriptures about that. The, the King made a feast for his son, a wedding feast for his son. And he sent out the invitations and they all like began to make, quote, excuses. One went to his business. Another said, I just got married. I got a, you know, one said I bought a field that was into real estate. And I'm like, really, you guys can't go spend a couple of hours celebrating this, this thing. And right. it's the one time, one of, one of the one stories where Jesus said that man got angry. And then he said, go out and invite everybody go to the highways and the byways, compel them to come in. And his house was filled Mm -hmm. and God's going to fill his house. 
but you might find yourself on the outside, like those five virgins that didn't get their oil. Right. And they're on the outside. They're banging on the door. Let us in, let us in. And what's he said? I don't know you. I don't know you. And Depart boy, that's from a, me. That's I never scary. knew you. Yep. That's scary, brother. Yep. Uh, I, I read twice in scripture in the same day this week, brother. They draw, this people draws near to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How do you know if your heart is close to the Lord? How do you know? It's when you love what he loves and you do what mm. he tells you to do. That's good, brother. I just, it's funny. I'm, I, we're talking on the radio um, for the show here. Um, John 13, seven popped up. It says, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but someday you will. I love that. And all the stuff we've been talking about for months on the radio and what you're talking about now is drawing close, knowing God's got a plan, knowing he's in control, knowing that as long as we're in his will, that's, it's going to work out. You know, that's, that's all we can uh, account on, right? It's like, all right, Lord, your will be done. Not mine. I love it. And how do you know his will? You know, well, he, he's not willing that any should perish. You know, he's, his will for us is good. You can, you can do a Bible study on the will of God. It's not that hard. And, and, and you're like, well, for me specifically, well, I have, I have a verse for you. It's in John, I believe it's chapter uh, 14. And he says, my sheep know my voice mm-hmm. and another, they won't follow. So if you don't know his voice, how can you follow him? So if you, if you haven't made that, like, Lord, I need to hear your voice. It's so amazing, Marty, you know, this, uh-huh. when we pray for stuff, he answers us. If he says, if you pray and say, Lord, help me to know your voice, guess what? He's going to help you know his voice. Uh-huh. Amen. And that's, you and, see, and yep. we want that. We want that kind of that specific direction, right? Right. So I'm going to tell a quick story as we're getting up, uh, wrapping up, and we're on this bent here. We're really, we're trying to encourage people to have faith, to have courage, to draw closer, because we're in a time where we need to have the truth revealed. We're in a time where we need God to intervene. We're in a time as well where we need to know where God wants us to go. Um, I saw this the other day. I thought it was really cute. So the story goes, a boy asked his father, Dad, what is the size of God? Then the father looked up at the sky and saw a plane and asked his son, what is the size of that plane? The boy replied, it's very small. I can hardly see it. Then the father took him to the airport. And as they approached the plane, he asked, now, my son, how big is that plane? The boy replied, wow, dad, it's huge. Then the father told him, God's size depends on how close or how far you are to him. The closer you are to him, the greater and greater he will be in your life. Isn't that appropriate, what we're talking about, brother? Yeah. The idea here is we draw near him, and God is magnificent. He never changes. But it was, that when we draw near, we see how good he is. Yeah. Draw near to God. He'll draw near, near to you. That's yep. that's in the Bible. James you're listening to uh, Doug and Marty versus the world. Um, we actually have a website, DougAndMarty.com. And uh, I think we might possibly have a podcast. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and if I'm on top of things and I get them pl- plugged in, I reprogram repodcast them there and link through all your smart speakers, whether it be the iTunes or iHeartRadio or whatever, you can say, play Doug and Marty versus the world. And it will. Amazing. I, I think I'm going to try that today, brother. Okay. Except I have to listen to myself and that would scare me. <laughs> um, we, you know, so Doug and Marty, uh, com, tell your, tell your smart speaker, play Doug and Marty versus the world. And, uh, and let's boycott Apple. There we go. <laughs> we, don't want him, yep. we don't want him looking at our pictures. 
and all that kind of stuff. And and don't forget to get your Vax passport updated. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right on that, man. <laughs> yeah. So um, no, it's, it's, things are getting weird, but you know what? God is still big and we can still win and we can still fight back. And I think everywhere we push back, we win every, every place we take a stand, uh, God shows up and you know, it's not always easy brother, but it's worth it. Right. Exactly. Right. It's not always easy, but oftentimes that makes it more worth it. So uh, have a great weekend, everybody enjoy. Obviously God bless you. God bless America. Doug and I appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Right. That's right. This is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon. Doug and Marty versus the world.